So before we get started, I'm going to ask everybody out there to go ahead and check us out on iTunes, Emergency Exit Podcast, and hit that five-star button. That's right. right. Hit it. One, two, three, four, five. That's uh, right. Oh, That'll that's help right. us grow. So excited. Super, yes, super absolutely. Check us out on fun. iTunes. We need your five-star rating. Nick loves those ratings. And I, yes, I do. He absolutely Live loves them. them. Fucking loves them. So thank you guys one more time for listening. Here's the show. We talk about the paranormal, the supernatural, astrology, corruption, conspiracy theories, and everything in between. I am Los. With me, as always, is Nick, the passion writer. Sitting along with us is the mystical Sarah Jandro. How are you two doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing mighty fine. That's right. Welcome to the show, you guys. Turn that down a little bit. Oh yeah, my God. that was, worry, that was very present. It'll, it'll look good. It'll sound good in post. <laughs> yeah, we'll fix it in post. Welcome to the show. This is episode 18. Today is January 17, 2017. We are flying high above Austin, Texas in our golden platinum space cruiser. We are here again in Los Studios. That is right. However you're listening, however you found us, thanks for being here with us today. If you're hearing us come through right now, like our Facebook page. Search emergency exit. You like the tweet? Why not twat us at EMEXPOD? We love it when you tell a friend about the show, plus it helps our show grow. That's right. So, we are still a growing show. Mm-hmm. But we are already attracting listeners from all over the world. So, these are the top cities that listened last week. We're talking to you, Bristol, United Kingdom. Thank you guys for listening. Austin, Texas. We can rely on you guys all our the time. Home, our home That's city right. is second. Better hope so. It actually might be you guys that are coming up yeah, on there. Probably board. us. Laura's so, got it going on. Yeah. On her phone. Right. We got Lithum. Lith. Is that how you spell it? Yeah. Lithium. Li- uh, that's not lithium. lithium. It's Litham. Litham, United Kingdom. So we got some more England. Well, not anymore. We just fucking pissed them off. Sorry, guys. They're gone. Keep listening. Bye-bye. Manhattan. Kansas. That's that right. Is, that's where you're from, good old Nikki, mm-hmm. right there. It's probably you. The little apple. And then... I think it's my boss, Gabe. I might as well shout out to it Gabe. might have been your boss there. It was, hey, like, it was more than a, a one person, though. It's like, he just listened a lot. 
Oh, that could have been one, it. Or he was really one. studying <laughs> it. To that one. Just listen to that one. Like. And Ensenada, Mexico. So we got some English podcasts coming out over to the the, the Spanish-speaking people over there. Oh. Isn't that nice? Mm. So we really want to know who is out there listening to us. So drop us a line. Let us know where you're listening, how you're listening, and if you like the show. If you don't like the show, you know, whatever. So this week on the podcast, we will air out some leftover uh, Festivus grievances. We will play Idiot or Idiom for the Golden Jazz Master. And we will take a trip to the past and then back to the future when we talk about the Philadelphia Project. But first, let's talk to, hands down, <laughs> the best blues musician in the nation in... <laughs> And Sarah. Welcome to Tension and Release. This is a music show within another show, which is in another show. It's a paradox of a of a something bigger and an inception. We are here with <laughs> Bad Brad Stivers. How you living, brother? I'm good, man. How about you? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. You ever listened to the show before? Oh uh, yeah, a couple of times I watched a couple of your of your failed Facebook streams. Oh yeah, the the two second Facebook <laughs> streams yeah, where we're tra- testing the audio. I got, I got blown up because <laughs> I watched the one. So all knew the it. other ones notified me. Dude, I I knew it. Yeah. See, I I knew it. That's why no one listened to the next one that we put up because they were like, "This motherfucker, this we're guy. blocking it right now." <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah. So uh, we he's known as Bad Brad Stivers. Check him out, uh, bradstivers.com. That's uh, S-T-I-V-E-R's.com. <laughs> V-E-R's? <laughs> V-E-R's. So, is that plural R's? Like, there's two of them. No, there's only one R, but you have to pluralize it. Just one R. But you don't have to spell R's. Just say R's. R's, yeah. You got it. The R's. <laughs> bad V-E-R's. Stivers. <laughs> we just call him Bad Brad. He's an awesome guy. He plays blues. He's a 2014 International Blues Challenge finalist. What the hell? I did not even know that till I read your fucking no, bio. It's, it's really weird. So they have the, they have this, all the countries, all the blues societies, everybody gets together. And uh, they send their best band forward to go to Memphis for one week. Beale Street is, they play blues again the rest of the, the year. Not much blues on there. And then there's probably 300 X, and we got top nine for that. Out of 300? Yeah. Well, it's like 250 Jesus. bands and like 50 or 75. And they're all blues. They're Duo all playing X. the same thing yeah, you're everybody, doing. Yeah, but there's a lot of fanny packs and stuff, you know. <laughs> it's like going to a blues jam. It's not like everybody there is going to be. Yeah. But everyone brings their A game. That's why school. I always played first. You know, get make sure that I open for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely know competitions are, are bullshit for that, though. They're, they're pretty funny. Everybody's really? there like... You know, musicians hang out and they're smoking and doing whatever and talking, and then you go to a competition and it's like, "Oh, we're gonna beat that guy." You know, they yeah, suck. It, it we're so weird, much better right? than that. <laughs> like, oh, you're always man, so much what partial. a poisonous thing. <laughs> uh, did you hear that? But I did part? it. Yeah, I did it. I don't care. So, what did you place? Uh, I don't know. Top nine. We didn't get top three. Oh, so you just got no. the you no, were just a finalist on that? They make you wait the night before till about two or three in the morning, and then they want you there the next morning at like eight or nine to be ready and go through like a dress rehearsal and Just then we went on first at noon so we had no sleep we were on first the the judges were like not Just drinking up. Yeah. they're like all right who's yeah, got a cool. beer there's no way we did our our, our best anyway so <laughs> well, it's perfect it's fun what a mm. great way to judge blues an international Horribly, contest man yeah. <laughs> well that's blues Pretty there awesome. for you though that's, well, that's how else would you how else would you you know 
judge that. I would say all clean you don't. Cut. First off, I would say midnight instead of noon. Well, I think it's funny because if Muddy Waters would be, you know, around or Lightning Hopkins or somebody like that, and they go up there, they'd probably be like, oh, he doesn't have a a, a dance routine or the right color coordination in his clothes. <laughs> oh, he can't win. No fuck, way. Yeah, fuck that shit, yeah. right? <laughs> I don't know what God, Bruce I hope is about. nobody that is important knows that I'm saying that shit about it. <laughs> so, I did not know this, but you also play saxophone and trombone well i started on those yeah do you do you still pick them up and get I'll, down on them i could i mean a little bit but i can't get down i never could get down i just learned how to play them. was it just something you did uh, to in school yeah yeah, yeah. i played Marching jazz band? bands and stuff but i never band. did uh never did outside of no way. never like took it to jams no and... way hell no be They're like uh nick parr shout <laughs> out <Nick Yeah>. <laughs> he the doesn't worst. listen it's all right the worst <laughs> not a not a bunch of like blues brother stuff and no Hell no. I got into <laughs> guitar long before right. that shit hit me, yeah. Yeah, so were you playing guitar before you got into the sax and trombone? No. No, no so I played those you played first. those first and yeah. got your, you know, paid your dues a bit. Right. Were you in any marching bands or you just did jazz band? I learned how to play the tuba in high school for one marching thing at the Washington wow. Husky Stadium. And then I played it for two years after that. Now I can't do it because it's talking about. Are we talking sousaphone? <laughs> oh, sousaphone. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. They didn't have a tuba. Yeah. They had like the big plastic horn. <laughs> That's what I learned. Cheap skates. Yeah. Seven o'clock every morning in high school, having to go blow that thing. That's a hell of a way to start your day. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, dude, I did zero period, man. I was in. I was in drumline. I played. I played uh, the bass drum, and I had to get up real early and get you there. You are. You totally would be in the drum part. <laughs> I was in the drumline, and then gets, on the- gets up, wake and bake, and then get in there and just like go spiritual for an hour and a half before school. <laughs> Dude, you're not you that far off. You were the guy. Off, we would have hung <laughs> out. Not that dude, far off. We would have hung out. We would have been hu- hanging out. For Except it. one of my buddies. We didn't really. We didn't really get herbs that that easily back in the day. Um, but he read something that you can like dip your cigarettes into like catnip and let it dry and then you smoke it. He called it jive turkey. <laughs> we smoke it and get a little twist. So that's sometimes we have to get down on that. Shout out to my buddy. Like a real, real bad, bad morning. Shout out know. to jive turkey. That's right. What the. F- I don't know. It's a ding. I thought I'd want to use it. Now I got this awesome soundboard I can work with here. Now I can make you laugh whenever I feel like. So, you know, Nick's a, Nick's a gay. <laughs> that, that's that's not, not you, that's right? That's not really me. That's, that's not, not really me. Is it? <laughs> that's sounds like it, sounds, it sounds like it's exactly Every time you hit it, I have to look at him to make sure he's not doing it. <laughs> I'm actually taking a drink right now. I've perfected my ventriloquism. <laughs> Damn it. I think he's got a cold. <laughs> All right. All right, that's enough. That's enough. I'm gonna break that button. Brad, you uh you you earned a degree at the University of Northern Colorado. What did you get over at uh, Colorado there? Music with a business emphasis. That was my the music is the the business parts are really big part yeah, of the music. Yeah, they don't isn't teach it? you anything. No. They don't. Hell no. What what did you learn from I, there? If you account, got anything, I learned uh how to handle my financials for the accounting classes, but the the music business class spent four weeks on copyright like who cares that so you you, you pay somebody else you pay like 75 bucks you send it to harry fox and your whole all that crap you learn in class doesn't mean anything nothing you just pay them that's yeah, it you get whatever. your degree it doesn't matter. i got my degree but you you learn right. you learn how to manage your finances so you are you don't even have a regular job you you no, are a gigging musician man yeah, that's, that's the fucking dream yeah i just guess like, just like yeah. Nick, i wish right? i, I mean, would have dreamed a little bigger but now that i'm here it's pretty cool <laughs> so and, and you have an apartment you're able to pay for your way and yeah. you, you're getting paid Weird. enough to do it man that's yeah. 
I mean, you only do what, like 14, 15 shows a week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, it's usually like, I don't know, 10. Like you have a show. You have two shows tonight, right? Six to 10. Yeah, I have two tonight. And you have a residency at where? Friends Bar. That's Wednesday not a bad night. bar. You know, when I worked downtown and I these old cats would come in and they'd be like, oh, we're tourist rubes. They'd be like, well, what's a good place to go? And I'd be like, you should fucking go to Friends. It's true. That's where all the old people it's like to the, go and they dance. It's the least dirty mm. bar on 6th Street. It I really on Dirty Six. It right. really is. It smells the least like bleach compared to all the other ones. <laughs> or urine. Right. Washing away the sins of the night before. Right. Yeah. Like my first night. I just got into Austin and went to Sea Boys on South Congress and watched Jimmy Vaughn. And a guy there was me like, oh, you're a guitarist. You need to go to Friends Sunday night blues, blues jam. jam. And so that was like my first thing I even learned about Austin was Friends. That's yeah. it. That's actually where I think all three of us. We all met, met there. We all met at the Friends Blues Jam. I think so, yeah. Probably because of Otis. That's cool. Yeah, probably. I think Otis, Otis introduced us for sure. He introduced me to a lot of people. <laughs> he kind yeah, of you were yeah, brand new, guy. and I, I think I was doing it once or twice before I even met you, and right. then you, uh, Aaron was like, oh, this guy's real good. We got we to snag him. Hey, come over oh. here. I got, I got this new guy for you, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I don't think she feels so fondly about me now, but yeah, definitely. You know, they... <laughs> I think that's how the, those older cats work, you know? They... They they're kind of past their prime and shit, and they got this gig that's really good and lucrative for them, I guess. And then somebody really good comes along, like Gary Clark Jr. or uh, Brad Stivers here, and they're like, "Oh fuck here, you know, we we got them started." And then they're always gonna be telling you, like, "Oh yeah, I was the first one to he put us up on money. stage." He owes me money. <laughs> and then oh, you know, he owes me. Mo- I think she still says that about Gary Clark. She'll be like. Uh, yeah, he owes me some money, but that's all right. You know, he got he got it started right here at Friends Bar. <laughs> yeah, if here you ever me. come on an empty night, you'll never hear anybody name drop. But when there's people there, <laughs> everybody that knows somebody, and I'm not just talking about Aaron, everybody will name drop. It'll be, it's gross, man. It's so gross. <laughs> I mean, you just so hear gross. thuds on the ground because that's all the names. All the right. names being dropped. Oh, my you know? <laughs> oh, dude, man, Albert King, he'd bring his bus up to Anton's right there and fucking. Yeah, Birdleg saying Albert King gave him permission to sing Born Under a Bad Sign, like personal. All right, Birdleg, I've heard you and I like you and you're allowed to sing that. He's like, okay. Hey, yeah, Birdleg's like. Because that stopped Go anybody ahead, else from him. singing that yeah. song ever. Go ask Albert King. He fucking admitted it. That's great. <laughs> so uh, let's let's go ahead and play Ooh. let's go ahead and play your song right now. All right. I got a cool song I picked up from you off your press kit there. It is uh 2000 Miles. I don't think anyone's heard this yet. It's an uh, That's right. emergency exit. Heard exclusive. it here first. All right. Well, seven more people are going to hear it now. Sweet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's pretty well, he's not that fucking far off, dude. <laughs> Check it out. Here we go. 2000 Miles nothing for oh, me or my face. <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing it. Sorry. No time to long like on earth for me or my face. Well, we traveled across all the mountains and hills, and when we're apart, we're together still. Two thousand miles ain't nothing for me or my babe. Since we were sixteen, I knew she was my queen, my babe.
That's right. Well, dude, thanks for stopping by. Hope you uh, have a good show. Your show tonight, Brad. Two yeah. shows. Thanks, Your yeah. two shows, man. Yeah, two of them. You're doing it friends first. And Antones. And after. then Antones, famous two Antones. Uh, you're doing Lindsey Beaver and the Hot Dams. Yep. And then you're doing your Bad Brad and the uh, Aaron James. Other, oh, no, you're I'm doing not the Aaron James. My band tonight. All right, cool. My band's tomorrow night Sweet. at Friends. At friends. Uh, tomorrow's at Antones, actually. Yeah, be not, sure to check friends. them out, man. No. Not Wednesday, Friends Day. No, we're taking tomorrow off. Yeah. Yeah, right. Austin, weird. Check it out. Yeah, be sure to check them out, and uh, we're gonna go do our uh, conspiracy good stuff. Uh, there was a technical difficulty; you guys will never know about it. <laughs> <laughs> but needless to say, we're gonna have to have Bad Brad back to finish this absolutely, interview. Absolutely, man. Uh, at some well, point, thanks too. for giving away the technical difficulty. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's honest. So, thank you once again, man, and uh, we'll be right back. That's right. Welcome back. Sarah's got a report that she's going to give to us. What do you got for us? Okay, so I'm here today to tell you guys about the Philadelphia experiment. And so around uh, like early World War II, uh, the U.S. government was trying to counter the German U-boats. And so they were using, they had uh, Einstein, of course, you know, the Manhattan Project, Einstein came up with that theory, and then we developed the atomic bomb and all that. So there's a claim that he was working on building torpedoes and some weaponry, but some say that this could possibly be a cover for him actually working on something known as the Philadelphia Experiment, where they were uh, experimenting with invisibility. And um, so... It's uh, it's theorized that Einstein and Tesla and a bunch of other scientists uh, were working on this project, but uh, uh, Einstein and Tesla were basically saying that it would be, they knew that it wouldn't be used for for a good cause if they were to share that idea with with them. And so... Well, neither would the atomic bomb. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So (laughs) they uh, kind of didn't want to continue working on the project, but the government went ahead and combined some of the theories together that these scientists had come up with. And so this is actually, there's a man named Carlos Allende, who is a, a, he was a deckhand, a.k.a. seaman, on the the Liberty ship, which was the, the ship, Supposedly right next door to the USS Eldridge, which is the claimed ship on which these experiments, the Philadelphia experiment, was performed on. And so Carlos Allende claims that the Navy used the unified field theory of Einstein to bend light, making the ship appear to be invisible and encased in this electromagnetic fog. And they used Tesla's electromagnetic theories and they combined them together. And this test ship was the USS Eldridge, uh, a destroyer ship um, that was, uh, and he claimed that there was a green fiery fog, like almost a St. Elmo's kind of fog and strange objects appeared. And so there's a little bit of a clip I have of some of the stuff that was seen and witnessed uh, from this. By the person in the the next ship. By the, right, yeah, the witness was in the... Well, actually, so there's a whole story about him. He will come up later. We're okay. gonna, there's like a whole story into this guy. It's pretty crazy. But that's who the clip's about. Or uh, yeah, the clip is about what he claims he saw. Ap- he saw. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. about his, his eyewitness uh, experience. 1943, we conducted a dry run 
we had the use of domestic animals, dogs, cats. And we placed them in different metal cages along through the ship, the USS Eldridge. They threw the switches. At that point, electric fields and magnetic fields were generated on a wholesale basis. So you got astronomical amounts of energy. Reportedly, after the power was shut down, sailors boarded the USS Eldridge to find the experiment had run into trouble. There was a lot of problems with the, the animals. Radiation burns, and uh, many of them were missing. Despite the setbacks, it's claimed the Navy's response to the first trial run was full speed ahead. <laughs> so the Navy just is like, all these animals are like fucked up, but full speed ahead. Let's just keep on going with it. So, and thus, PETA. Despite the test run on the animals, and turning out like that then they went ahead and they d they did the experiment so there's another another little clip i'm going to play about what happened when they when they uh eventually did it with with people oh <laughs> men were uh molecularly attached to the ship bonded with the ship as it, as, as it was teleported men were driven insane men caught fire men went invisible I and mean, it was terrible horrific things that happened to these crew members Sounded like the start of a Pink Floyd song. Sort of does, yeah. First thing they found was two sailors buried in the steel deck. The bodies were literally buried in the steel. were undying or near dead. Two more were found standing upright in a bulkhead, also buried in the steel. Fifth man with his hand buried in the steel up to his wrist. That's all right. That's crazy shit. Uh, yeah, did anybody see the the, the Edward Norton? Hulk movie? Am I the only one that's added uh, into comic book yeah, movies? Yeah, I did watch it. Where but Nick I... Nolte was his dad. Right, no, that was the uh, Eric Bana one, the first one. And his dad ends up being the villain, and he like can meld with with metal. So there are scenes of him like walking huh. along a metal grate floor, and his feet are like meshing into it and crazy shit like that. That's kind of what I'm envisioning. Huh? Like they're wow. they're like it's people are. I feel like the molecular Fusing. fields are being like altered, and so like the molecules of the ship are like we're like blending with the molecules of the humans, and so it's right. like humans plus metal equals like this like deformed like who knows? Is, or is it like the and fly uh, where they break everything down to a molecular level, and then as it's reforming? Because didn't you say like it was disappearing? Yes, right? yes. So, so, is so it, it claims that it, it reappeared on the coast of Virginia in Norfolk, Virginia, in a, in a harbor just for a few moments, like either the same day or the the next day. There's some claims to that that there were witnesses of seeing a, a ship appearing in the harbor in Virginia, and then a, and then it reappeared back in Philadelphia. And when it reappeared. All this stuff happened with these with these people. This so is like, the claim. Things yeah. were put to get back together wrong. Pe so yeah, things yeah. were put back together differently <laughs> than what they Ooh. had thought. And the, so and so, what happened though with these people? Oh, were you gonna say? Something? I was gonna say that's the problem with teleportation is that you have right. to break them down into an atomic level, and then the hard parts. Put in, I mean, put it it's probably not that hard. Together. It's really you can't not just yell, "Beat me up, Scotty." Scotty's got some shit to worry about. I can't do it, Captain. <laughs> I just don't have the power. So yeah, like the intention was to make the ship invisible, but apparently it ended up doing this because they kind of just went forth with it and just experimented with all these different theories that they found from these scientists. And so um 
uh, what happens is that um, they the the people who who were survivors ended up, like ended up like kind of going insane. And there's actually one claim of of these people who are on the ship being in a bar scene and they're having a fight and they're literally like becoming invisible in the bar like there's uh, eyewitness accounts of pe- them becoming invisible as they're fighting and they're going in and out of visibility invisibility it's just like a it's that's part of the story as well wow and so like they're latent effects like they're not on the ship at all yes this, this is, is after this happened something's still just affecting them as people yes exactly so this that's, is what happened after the that's whole pretty thing crazy. and so what they they ended up telling the the families of these people that they were like lost at war missing in action and all that of and course, they institutionalized them this is the the claim that they institutionalized them and they and they made any like witnesses sign an oath of a, a draconian oath draconian the draconian checks. oath um, but so this one eyewitness though, Carlos Allende was on the ship next door right. claiming to see all this stuff. Uh-huh. So, um, so there's, there's more on that. So yes, get, get so the girl. Navy, <laughs> yes, I was just trying to catch up with my notes here. So the Navy stops the whole operations on this and, and the experiments and, and they alters the, they alter the log of the Eldridge. And they say, like, it was never in Philadelphia at all. They altered the, the complete log, so there's no record of that ship ever being in Philadelphia. And so um, there's another man who comes up later. He na- his name is Morris Kane Jessup. I don't know if you guys know of him. Never. Uh, he's a scientist, an author, and a paranormal investigator. He was always interested in the paranormal and he wanted to study strange things. And uh, in 1955, he published the case for the UFO. And it was um, it was a really bad time to be publishing stuff about UFOs because the government was like, "Oh, that's complete." You know, what nonsense. year are we talking about? 1955. Okay, and yeah, so definitely. They were yeah. like completely like, "This is complete nonsense. Don't listen to this guy." But he was like one of the first people to like write a book about a UFO phenomenon and, and come out about that. And so. Uh, and and at the same time, there were reports coming in from pilots at this time to the government saying, like, you know, we're seeing this stuff, like, we're flying in the sky, we're, we're seeing things. And they were sending these things to something called Project Blue Book. And um, many, many of these uh, Navy pilots, because they, they noticed that po- Project Blue Book was never giving them feedback. So these Navy pilots, they started investigating them on their own. They started investigating these UFO phenomenons on their own and... and and uh, what happens is they uh, they come across there's there's these two authors they received the book the UFO book that this guy Jessup wrote anonymously and within the margins of the book it's written there's three different people who wrote with all different handwritings you can you can tell like there's three different handwritings three different colors anonymously get th- get sent this and they were investigating the UFO phenomenon these Navy pilots and so they re- randomly received this UFO book by this author and so all of a sudden they get super interested in this author and they they want to find him out so they're seeking him out and um, he, they find him and he and so the, these two authors their names are uh, Let's see what their exact names are. George Hoover and Sidney Sherby. Shelby or Sherby? 
Sherby Shelby? Sherby Shelby. Something like that. I can't read my own handwriting, but yeah. <laughs> so they, they end up finding him, and uh, he says he recognizes one of the handwritings from the book. And he said uh, he also got cryptic messages sent to him from somebody else with that same handwriting. And the person with that handwriting claims to be Carlos Allende, ah. which is this witness who claims to witness the, right. the whole Philadelphia experiment. Uh-huh. So he's sending out these cryptic messages. And so... Uh, Jessup, the, that author, he begins an investigation in 1959. And so he begins this investigation, and that was in 1955 around then. And so finally in 1959, like four years later, he comes through this breakthrough, and he realizes that he comes through an epiphany, and he calls up his friend, uh, Dr. Mason Valentine, and he says uh, he wants to show him this, I have a breakthrough, I have to show you on the Philadelphia experiment, I found something out. He makes an appointment to go go to his go see him, and instead of showing up for this appointment, later on they end up finding his car in a park. His engine's still running. There's a hose in his car, and he's basically almost near death. And a hose, and like from his exhaust pipe. Yeah, from his exhaust yeah. pipe. Yeah. Like okay. Trying to kill himself. And so yeah, and so it's a, you know, it's interesting that instead of going to this meeting of Dr. Valentine, where he claims he just came through this breakthrough with this Philadelphia experiment research he allegedly went to go kill himself instead and so others say others say he took his life because of a recent divorce and also because of the hostile recognition of his books because everybody was like ufos aren't real and he's writing all this stuff about ufos and the government's trying to keep it quiet anyway right exactly and so so i'm playing like maybe it was a a parent suicide but who knows and then he because he was planning to meet with this guy um and others claim you know who knows what it could be so uh, there's uh, another thing. This is a clip from his daughter um, about, the, about the death, about that suicide. So there's Kay. a little clip from his daughter. The way these people talked, and if you read oh. the comments. That's not Ruh-roh. the one. Ruh-roh. This, w- this is actually about the book. This is about the book that they found and the three handwriting. It's pretty okay. interesting to listen okay. to. Yep. So Plug yeah. it in. The way these people talked, and if you read the comments that uh, were scribbled into the book, they were talking about being someplace off the surface of the Earth. Uh, Aliens, if you want to call them that. These three writers solved all the mysteries of the universe. I mean, they talked about modes and methods of travel used by ufos they talked about the behavior and ethos of the beings that that, that man these outer spacecraft the writers also claim knowledge of a top secret project during world war ii to make a warship disappear u.s navy's force field experiments 1943 october the book reads produced invisibility of ship and crew fearsome results so terrifying fortunately halt further research. It is the first mention of what's come to be known as the Philadelphia Experiment, the birth of a legend. So, yeah, and then, uh, so that's all a little bit about the book and, like, those commentary that was in there. So it was almost like they were solving all this physics problems and all that in in the commentary. And uh, one of these handwritings claimed to be Carlos Allende. And this is from his daughter when they found out that he, that the Jessup, that the author that wrote the book about the UFOs, what had committed suicide. This is from his daughter. 
His wife, Marjorie, uh, called to, to tell me that he had died, and my reaction at the time was to say, how did he do it? So I must have been thinking of him as depressed at that time. It's funny, until so you ask that, I hadn't thought of that for a long time. But she said he was dead, and I said, how did he do it? So... So that kind of adds some mystery and uh, credibility to the Philadelphia experiment. But at the same time, you know, his daughter saying that is like, well, maybe he did commit suicide. Who knows? But uh, maybe it's possible. But it's a crazy thing, you know, because we kind of covered all the a bunch of suicides in the Clinton body count (coughs) episode. And it, you know, you you can never really know when someone's going to commit suicide. I mean, all your friends, you could be a friend with somebody and they could be the happiest person you've ever known and the next day they're gone because they hung themselves or shot themselves or they got rid of themselves. And I mean, I've had a buddy which I would uh that that did himself off and I would have never guessed that he would have done that. So that argument of people going, well, doesn't seem like he would be the one to kill himself. It's like, you don't know that. You don't know what kind of shit they go through on their daily. So, yeah, he definitely might have killed himself. He definitely might not have. But exactly. we never we don't know. We don't. We don't. Just like we don't know there's an afterlife or not. No one can ever tell me that. Exactly. Because we don't know. No one's ever been there yet. We don't know. Or come back to say anything. That's why I want a ghost to come around. <laughs> say hello to me. Please come say hello to me, ghosts. Go ahead with your... Right. Go ahead with that. Or do you really? Or do you have a... No, I okay, was cool. trying to get back to your report. So, uh, so the book, that book was uh, about the UFOs. It ended up being republished after the guy died uh, with all the commentaries in it. And so... But it's claimed to be almost impossible to find because it's only like reserved for navy like use and so like government use and hmm. so it's hard to find in the public but they actually did publish a copy called the vero the vero uh, the vero ufo whatever it's called that's the, the name of the book. the book we should try to look that up and like get v-e-r-o v-e-r-a-u-x-a-r-o but the name of the oh, actual V-A-R-O. book is uh let's find out his, the name of the book itself oh it's called uh the case for the UFO. The case for the UFO. Check it's it out. It's called the case for the UFO. Get but that there's shit on there's Amazon. a Vero edition that has all these commentaries in it that they claim to be by these these people. Okay. And so um, it it ends up becoming like a really well known thing of like this mystery man who is Carlos Allende. Like nobody knows who this guy is. Like he's sending all these mix the, like these messages, these cryptic messages, and like people in the public start to know about him. And, um, so it gets kind of crazy. Like everybody, uh, is, it's becoming like almost like a conspiracy, like this mystery that everybody kind of wants to solve. But, um, so there's this, also this clip from somebody on the crew. So it gets a little controversial of the, of the the actual USS Eldridge. Of the Eldridge. Yes. And so this person, you know, there's things on both sides here, so there's some people who's claiming they're seeing this, and then that's what makes a good and conspiracy. You never know. Yes, exactly, and you don't that's know right. because uh, <laughs> well, that's going to be things w- in life in general, you know. Yeah, like everybody people claims different things. Yeah, I mean that's just because right. we are that. You yeah, know? that's cool. So you have like a clip, like an actual interview mm-hmm. with someone that was on the ship. Yeah, this is that's one of the pretty crew. fucking cool. Yeah, this is one of the crew from yeah, the ship, and he says this. Let's go ahead and listen to that. 
People everywhere were, were looking for Carlos Miguel Allende, but he kept moving. No. Uh, towns would change. No. What is this clip? Would change. It's actually this clip. Here we go. I was on it almost every day and, and went on every trip that it ever took, and it never went to Philadelphia. If there was any scuttlebutt, I would have heard it. There was no scuttlebutt about top secret anything Love that word. on our ship. So these two crew members claim that there was no top secret anything, and that it was okay. never in Philadelphia. Right. Well, but... But they, they do, took a draconian if, oath, so who knows? If they're part of it, then of course they're going to... Wait, wait, wait. Okay, remind me right. what a draconian oath is. Game of Thrones, see, there's Draco, right? Is it Drake? Game of Thrones? Draco? I'll let you speak upon it. Uh, that's all I got. It's because Draco's from Game of Thrones. Jason Momoa. That's why? Okay, sure. No, I have no idea. <laughs> I actually don't know exactly what it means, but I think that it means like they're like sworn like to never speak about what they experienced. But I'm not 100% but sure. Then, then they're talking about it, though. But they're but or like no. speak about the truth of what happened. They're, they're, they can, telling, they, they're the, telling the, the official story. The official story is this. That's the... Ah. Yeah, that's the cover. So, um, yeah, that's the claim uh, on that. And so, so there's this guy, uh, Robert Gorman. Oh, I, sorry. Oh, One second. I just say. looked up say draconian it. of laws or their application. Draconian means excessively harsh and severe. So a draconian oath, I assume, would mean if you break this oath, you're fucked. You're essentially. Yes. So they so what they're saying by saying that there isn't one there, they're breaking that oath. No, aren't they? they were going with the oath. Yes, the oath is to hide because actually heard what, happened. So with they another, have to with they have to deny story. it. They the, have the, to say a cover story that the they all crew, agree upon. Crew members were saying, "Oh, this ship never was in Philadelphia," but the story is that it was in Philadelphia. So them saying it was never there goes with what the Navy's cover story was. So they're fulfilling hmm. their oath by. Going with the Navy story. Okay, and okay. Supplementing that. And so, and so, this guy uh, Robert Gorman, he becomes fascinated by this guy Allende because he's this mystery man. Nobody knows who he is. He's sending these cryptic messages, claiming all these things. Um, he happens. To, this guy Robert Gorman happens to also be from the same town in Pennsylvania. And so, in the late '60s, he starts uh, kind of experimenting, and he he looks up the semen ID. Of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, I was actually laughing. Of Carlos, <laughs> of Carlos Allende. So <laughs> he found the semen ID of Carlos Allende. And so he's trying to find this guy. And uh, in the 60s, so so in around like 67 and 68, uh, it, become, like, it became so like pop culture, like Allende and Jessup mystery, like whatever happened to this, you know, this guy who committed suicide, but maybe the government killed him and this, this other guy is claiming about this ship disappearing and all this stuff. And so uh, it's, it's, he's also known, Carlos Allende is also known as Carl Allen. And so... Um, all right. Okay. In 1969, Carl Allen goes... With the book, the pub republished book with all the three commentaries in it, he goes to this headquarters and he confesses that the entire thing is a hoax. And, and he says, this is the wildest pack of lies I ever wrote. And um, so everybody's... Uh, so everybody's making money off of... So the reason why he does this is because everybody's making money off of the Philadelphia experiment at the time. It's becoming like pop culture. Like all these other authors are starting to write books about Philadelphia experiment and this and that, but it's from his original writing. And so writing. He, he decided to 
profit off of the popularity and right. No, he's out. trying to put an end to it. Yeah, he's trying to put an end to it. So he goes to the headquarters and he's like, "It's all this a is hoax. bullshit." Yeah, it's all bullshit. It's but all didn't a hoax. he? Did, but didn't he write something for it? Like yeah. he was the first person that ever wrote anything about it. But then all these other people were profiting off of his idea. They were and writing. in '69, he walked in and said. This is the biggest. Yeah, batch he said. Of lies. He said this is like the the biggest pack of lies I ever wrote. Like this is yeah. all just crap, and so. But uh, he was UFOs, the first one to write it, though. So he right. was. He was. But then all these other people, he got frustrated because uh, this is the story that every, he got frustrated. Everybody else was making Why would money get, off of well, it. I get that he wants. To, he's frustrated, and then he. But then he denounces what he wrote. Basically, so, so it gets. Uh, yeah. Why the, would he, he do denounces that? what he? It gets. There's more to it. Okay. So there's go more ahead. following, <laughs> and there's I'm more interested. to the story. So uh, at this point, UFOs kind of lose some credibility because, you know, this guy's saying, oh, this is a hoax. I wrote this stuff about all this UFOs, how they work, you know, all that. But really, it's just a hoax. And um, so he wrote it knowing that it's a hoax is what we're what we're going at here. But then, <laughs> okay. then in 1975, this other book comes out about the Bermuda Triangle. And one of the stories in the book is about the Philadelphia Experiment and uh, Project Invisibility. And so Allende says it was at this point when this book comes out, and this is about the Bermuda Triangle in 1975, so this is like six years later, then Allende all of a sudden says it was actually true, that everything he wrote was actually true. So six years later, he comes out and just goes back so on what he said. he flip-flopped a few He flip-flopped. So and 75 yeah. was true. 69 it was false. 59 it was true. Exactly. So he, he's right. switching Fucking flip-flopper. He's a flip-flopper. Like a pancake. And so... <laughs> Fucking sheep. <laughs> Eldridge Crew. I don't believe I have... I don't remember the next clip I had. But it's okay. Um. So... The... Uh, okay, so Robert Gorman... And uh, Carlos Allende, what ends up happening in 1979, so Robert Gorman was this guy who was, like, obsessed about finding out who this guy is, Allende. And he ends up, because he was from the same town, he ends up running into a guy who claims to be the father of Carl Allen. He claims to be the father? So, like, maybe Carl Allen was his actual name and Carlos is a... An alias. An alias alias or something. And so he's the father and he says, you know what? I have a box of papers, and he said, I'm going to give you these papers, and uh, these are papers about Carlos Allende, and among those papers are the semen papers that claim his actual semen number. Man, I love how you say semen so much. (laughs) (laughs) Get off with that button. He's going to love that button. I hate it. I'm going to find a way to disarm it. She just said semen so much. Don't you love semen, Nick? <laughs> so, so this is something about Carlos Allende that was Who's from your belly? that was from one, somebody in his family. Somebody in his family is talking about how he actually they, was as a as a person. Uh, this guy who wrote all these cryptic all messages. Right. I was on it almost every day. And, and this one okay it's all right go ahead and written in a book and then he would put his own in little antidote in the margin and uh i think it was basically because he didn't learn how to write so he dealt more with just chopping up what the other person had to say he'd buy a book he would fill it up with comments and then pop it into the mail to somebody he thought would be interested in what he wrote <laughs> <clears throat> Do 
you got there? It's written in a book. Okay. So yeah, that's interesting, right? So he, so this guy would just, he would annotate books because, uh, I guess he wasn't much of a writer, but he would take what other people had written and he would annotate and then send the books to just random places. Okay. This is just like what that guy would do. And so apparently he had like a super high IQ, but he ended up like failing out of the ninth grade and like all that stuff. So well, he couldn't, he wasn't like in the system, but like super high IQ. Schooling's yeah. bullshit. It is. It is all. Yeah, it really is. But, uh, so something crazy that happened though. Well, I'll, I'll just say. So in the summer of 1996, 53 years later, the USS Eldridge disappears again. And uh, it's it's actually moved into the... In 1955, it was moved into the Greek Navy and it changed its name from the Eldridge to the Leone. But the Greek uh, officials were embarrassed to tell writers from Playboy magazine they actually lost track of the ship. Um but then uh, sooner or later, it actually turns up in a salvage yard. And, but it was actually just because of a bureaucratic error, not necessarily because of some crazy experiment. But uh, but its final appearance, the ship's final appearance, is in a Playboy magazine. Playboy, uh, why is Playboy magazine in Greece asking about an old Navy ship from the 40s and 50s? They, they're all about trying to get to the hard issues, is what I understand about Very Playboy. hard issues. <laughs> <laughs> maybe for a uh, god damn it maybe for a photo shoot or something but that just seems like a weird subject for seem, them to it does seem probe. weird right but uh but that's its last appearance and then Odd. after that okay. after that they ended up taking it apart and uh burning it and you know selling it for scrap and all that were um, there did they find people melded into the bulkheads and stuff when they were taking it apart Apparently not, and like apparently supposedly had happened. Well, if it was going to re right, wasn't that the thing that was? What people were like fused with the metal. Yeah, but uh, something, uh, something really. Uh, yeah, that's that's the claims, right? Right, right. That's what I was asking. Do they do they find that? Was there any like holy shit? There's like a dude well, sticking out of this wall. Well, yeah, maybe it's sweet. possible that they repaired all that. Like maybe they like. Just Cut the half of the cut. dude out. Yeah, like what <laughs> yeah, if they dude. did that and replaced the steel parts and then shipped it I off guess. to Greece? So much Maybe. easier to cut yeah. human than it is steel, you know? Right. But you figure as you were taking a whole ship apart, you'd find, holy fuck, there's like some bones buried in the hole of this thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just being yes. a skeptic self. I, actually, I think there. that's how the dinosaurs were discovered, actually. Taking apart the Eldridge. <laughs> it, that's they exactly found a bone. They're like, "This looks like a dinosaur bone. What's a dinosaur? This is dinosaur. That's what it is." <laughs> uh, fuck off. Thanks, Nick. You're so good at so, laughing at my jokes. So something cool though is, uh, so Einstein actually, so there is a theory of quantum teleportation though, okay. where uh, you can teleport that you know scientists today know about and and have used, where you can teleport subatomic particles, but it's just like photons. You can teleport just them. photons, just though. photons, but actual like material substances, like they have, they're like, wow, that would be like crazy, but they can teleport photons. But that theory of the teleporting the photons did come from Einstein. So that it's smart like smart fucker, that son of a bitch. Yeah, and so you know, there's always that, and uh, wow, so. Teleportation still, in some way. Yeah, there's still questions about it, and and so real although, quick, real quick, who would win in a fight, Einstein or Sir Isaac Newton? Einstein. You think he would fight? It's because you mean like physical fight, 
Like well, if they know, were just to throw fists. Physical fight or a mental fight? I think it has, it's, it involves all of that. It, they have a battleground where they get at least five, like, uh, four other clones of themselves. They're each so in front of a chalkboard. How many lifelines no, do they not get? Clone, they're, they're each in front of a chalkboard explaining their own theories and everything. And I, one gets pissed off and attacks the other. So that not only do they have the, I don't think the in scientific that kind of fight. battle. You know, this is definitely the basis of And the, then all of a sudden it turns into a... In, fucking in season two Bruce of Lee movie. In season two of our show, when we get into season two, I'm definitely going to start the the tournament of scientists. I've talked about it once Ooh. before in the show. You have brought this up. And this is the basis of our show. I'm sorry to cut you off in the middle of this real quick, but okay, I'm, I'm just going to I'm going to mention this. We are going to say it. We are going to take scientists, famous scientists, and we're going to pit them together. They're going to have five of each of them. Five Isaac Newtons, five Einsteins, and we're going to randomize it. And we're going to make a nice little bracket. And the viewers, the listeners are going to fill out their brackets. We're going to see who's going to be the winner and who's going to be the Why ultimate scientist. Well, you know, because that's how you're going to do it. If it was just one or two, like what if a team of Albert Einsteins came up against a team of, you know. Uh, yeah, just one on one and let everybody vote and we'll just see who gets the most votes. You know, yeah, that might be good too. You know, why, election why, why style. complicate it? Well, I want it to be a randomized thing, so I want to put it into like a, a a program that will coin flip, or maybe we can just coin flip ourselves. Do you have a coin flip program? Well, I do. I, liter- I literally have a coin flip program. It's it's flipping a coin. <laughs> oh shit! But here's what I wanted to do. I wanted <laughs> to. I wanted. Shit. I wanted to seed them. Like if we have eight scientists going up against eight other scientists. I wanted to put them in a category like Neil deGrasse Tyson would be like a, a higher seed or a lower seed, right? Uh, whatever the ones that's like, that's not as good. But like Isaac Newton would be like on top, you know, like he's he's number one coming into the tournament. Then you'd have like Neil deGrasse on the very bottom. He'd be like a, a, a 16 Why is he seed. So low? Because he hasn't really done anything. He's not Isaac Newton, right? I but guess he hasn't discovered. The he's thing more is, reporter. if he gets into a fight with him, it's like, oh, well, Isaac Newton will obviously win. There has to be some sort of chance that that this guy's going to win, that uh, Neil, d- d- that Neil's going to win. So we have to. F- I don't. Neil looks like he'll shank it, fucker. That's what I'm trying to say, man. There's that's why we have to have five of them go up against five of the other person, so that you know, what if one gets shanked, the other one doesn't get shanked, and uses gravity against them, and then he uses his. How planetary. do you use gravity? It's I don't know. Not something you can wield. We well, we all use gravity, I'm but I digress. Gravity and float right. you into the air. <laughs> So we don't know when we're even going to start season two, but it's going to happen in this year. But you guys make sure to stay tuned. So in the meantime, I'm sorry to cut off Sarah. Sarah, right. continue only, on with I our... I literally only have like one more thing to say about it, which is just that the story has taken on a life of its own and it's still refusing to die. So even though there's all these claims like, no, it didn't really happen. There's still all this mystery around it. Like, why was the Navy investigating this author about these UFOs and all that? And So it went from invisibility to teleportation to UFOs to Bermuda Triangle. Well, the, the this it was just a Bermuda Triangle book that mentions that, that guy. the okay. Philadelphia Experiment okay. in the Bermuda okay. Triangle okay. book. Yeah, it's not actually, yeah, it's not actually not all, that. Not necessarily tied together. It's not necessarily. Other than but, you know, it's Virginia. Carl so Allen, a.k.a. Close. Carlos. Carlos Allende, right. who became okay. like this legendary man. But finally, so the guy Robert Gorman eventually ends up uh, meeting him in person. So the guy who was obsessed about him his whole life, and he and he said, you know, eventually when he ends up meeting up with him, he's like, 
oh this guy isn't intimidating at all but at one point he was sending him death threats like like the carlos allende was sending him death threats i forget exactly what exactly the uh, like quit fucking stalking me crazy yeah person. yeah like what are you doing like <laughs> fuck the fuck off yeah jesus and so they meet face to face and he's just like this uh you know Normal. not really much uh competition great report you know i i was um i thought somehow have you did you ever watched that movie the philadelphia experiment no i was going to get it today i was going to try to watch it um mm. we should definitely watch it and then revisit this again because yeah. there has some more stuff that i understand that has to do with uh time travel and Ooh. i think it ties in a bit into the montauk project <gasps> which will um we'll have to go I've over i've been to the location you know i grew up on long island which oh. is montauk and so I've been to Montauk several times, actually, and I found the location of where the Montauk project took place one time. And me and a friend, we drove right up to like the gate. There's like an actual gate that like says like no trespassing. Of like course. this is government property. We will fuck your and shit. And we went right up to the gate, and we were like thinking Take about. Like thinking about breaking in actually oh. we're thinking about breaking in that's much more because uh, uh my friend he had claimed like when he was a kid him and his other friends they went there and they broke in and they went on the property and all this stuff and like i'm like we need to be doing that kind out. of shit for this show like we're let's, i'm talking let's visit we, haunted places in austin can we can we go on location of course, claimed. of course, we can go on. Location. We need to go. Let's need, go to claimed haunted places in Austin. We need to go. We need to road trip to Kansas and go to Kansas. the Stoll. The Stoll Cemetery is known as one of the seven gateways to hell. Ooh. On Earth. In fact, allegedly, the Pope won't even fly over it. They like veer around. Oh, because he knows it's a hole. This. He gets sucked right in. Wow. All sorts of fucking stories about the Stoll but Cemetery. I'm really thinking so we this. Go on location. Let's That's do some why of that nobody shit. lives in Kansas. In July, I think it's either... <laughs> I think it's either June or I July. I mean, that's why I moved, for sure. Yeah, you don't want to be in that pancake state, I'll tell you that much. That's why Dorothy hey. disappeared. Hey, um, she wanted to go back, she, all right? She found the Wicked Witch. She went back. She went back to Kansas. All right, all right. The band Kansas did, too. Uh, The band Kansas, too? Yeah, they ended up back in Kansas. Did they? Yeah, they reformed. Um, uh, do you have anything for Mystic today? For Mystic, you know, there's there's a little bit. Hold I up a talk second. About. Let's talk about Mystic here. <laughs> That's a really cool fucking sound effect we made there. That's a. I really enjoy it. I produced <laughs> it, but but Nick actually made all the sounds. I produced it. Ooh. That's right. One more time. No, wrong, wrong button. button. <laughs> That's right. This non-keyboard playing motherfucker killed it. What do we got today, Sarah? What's in the cosmos? What are we? What are we? Well, I, I did want to bring up one thing real quick. Um, <laughs> you well last. Let's week, do your segment, but now real quick. We last week we were talking about we talked in your segment that there was some big change going to happen for Capricorn. Ooh, Has right. uh, did that happen? Uh, I know you said yes. you were. Has uh, more developed in this? Yes, there was a big change. What happened? I don't know if it's uh you know safe to say on <laughs> this podcast. Oh, it's all safe to but, say. But uh, basically, yeah, like there was definitely some big change that occurred within myself and 
I'm just kind of how I see things. I don't know. It's you got to now you got now you have to elaborate. Well, you're gonna have to elaborate now. Sorry, you don't have you don't have to. It's a little bit personal. Well, this is well. Maybe I'll tell you guys off. Okay, no, no, no. I'd rather hear on the air. Hey, man, look, if it's personal, she gets to decide what she wants to divulge I, I, about you know, herself You're on absolutely there. right, but, but this it, is our personality. There were some big changes, but, like, actually, I can talk about one of the changes. Okay. Uh, one of the changes was I started, uh, you know, my whole life I've never really been around kids. Like, right, I mean, right. since I've been a kid, yeah. I haven't been around kids at all. And so, I'm, starting last week, I was, I just started to kind of, like, tutor a little girl she's like four years old and i'm just like it's i'm giving i'm like her pre pre-k so like i'm tutoring her in like abcs and like one two threes and stuff yeah and so like it's different that's very 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 different for me like i've never been around a kid before so that's mm-hmm. one thing that's like super weird i but love hanging out with kids they love me i'm a big kid. i've never been around kids they love I th- and i'm a big kid too and that's why like it's what else like happened cool. to you that changed you to this this uh i know you week. really want to keep digging don't I'm gonna you? keep digging. Why not? Uh, this is this is what people are listening to us for. They they want to hear this kind of oh. stuff. It's it happens to be. I bet you it's a relationship thing. It has to do with with sex. Well, yeah, that's perfect. We love to hear about that stuff. I don't know if I want to talk about it. Is it like crazy? She had it there. Are you we had good? sex. I'm assuming we can say that you got a new or, boyfriend. Wait, you got a new boyfriend. Wait, let's assume the other that she always and now she didn't. Well, she probably Maybe got. A, she did you get a new like, boyfriend? All of a sudden, is that no, what's going I on? did not know. Why are we making it out that? She has sex. I think and that's I know what it is. Thing. I think I know what it is. Why is she it had, she had, she right. had, Wait, what? We're not personal over here. Okay. We're talking we about are. crazy conspiracies and people. People love us. Can hear about my life? Yeah, all over the yeah, world. We're, we're talking, talking about, about conspiracies and stuff. That Bristol, has nothing to do with our personal Bristol, life. This is a conspiracy. Bristol, United <laughs> Kingdom's listening to us, and those English guys are going like they love. They start listening because of you, and they they're disappointed. They want to hear about you. Oh Lord! All right, don't talk about it. But next week we're gonna t- we're gonna get you in there. <laughs> What's happening in the Mystic? So basically, what we have going on right at this very moment. So this is at uh, January seventeenth, two thousand seventeen, at seven thirty p.m. Mountain Time. We have um, just Mountain Time. That's us. We're in is Mountain that, are Time. Are we in Mountain no, Time? No, we're Central. Central Time. Central is Mountain know. Time. Are they the same? No, Central is not Mountain Time. What else okay, is there? Okay, well, we're there goes Austin time. I'm <laughs> just going to say Central, Austin Mountain time. Mountain and Pacific. We're going to say Austin Mountain time, time is different. Mountain is 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 before is before Pacific. It's between us and Pacific, so, yes. So we, That's oh. why like Colorado's moon. one hour different. Right, right. California's okay. two. Okay, I got you. So, so we have some... Uh, we recently <laughs> had some intense energy happening, but it's almost like... We should tell me about that energy. We're recent. We're no, basically we healing. We're healing a very karmic wound. So we have this this wound that we've been carrying for possibly lifetimes, and we just recently had Mars pass over Chiron. So Chiron is the wounded healer. So Chiron is this god that basically got wounded. Is that a constellation? Uh, like it's how a, is that an is asteroid? Oh, okay. It's an asteroid. So Mars, the planet, passed over the asteroid. Passed over the asteroid. Okay. All right. Yes. Sorry. So Mars, Just... the planet, passed over the asteroid, and this asteroid represents our our wounded healer, like within us. So it's like this this wound that we kind of have just somewhere in us, and so it was. Uh, this was just on Monday, so yet yesterday, and uh, this is like basically asking us to 
to kind of lose that part of ourself that is that wound that we've been like kind of identifying it. It's kind of an addiction. So sometimes pain can be an addiction. Like we're addicted to our pain wound of like, oh, this and that. Or like Woe is me. Our ego is addicted to this pain. And so like we're kind of being asked to let go. Axed. We're being axed. You know, you know, girl. Let me ask, oh, girl. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question right now. <laughs> we about to let go of our wounds. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So we are. That's that's basically what was going on. What are we going to look forward to this week? What we're going to look forward to, we're actually going to have some really positive things happening within our, our partnerships, relationships, and, uh, you know, God. creativity. Creativity. It's a really, really good oh, time. Oh, perfect. Yes, really good. That's good. That's good. We need that creativity. So let's expect some creativity to come flying our way. Yeah. You said that's this week, like starting now. Yeah. Starting yesterday, huh? Because I have four fucking gigs this week. So. Oh wow. Creativity necessary. Yes. Good time, but right. Beautiful. Thanks, Mars, for passing over. The asteroid. asteroid. Yes, and you know what? Mars not only passes over this asteroid, but Venus. Is also going to pass right over it, and so Mar- does, Mars is our how masculine. How does that happen? How so fast Mars, is this asteroid traveling? No, the, this asteroid is not traveling fast at all. It's Venus and Mars that are traveling. But how they're like on completely different orbits. Orbits. Yes. So, so where's Mars, the asteroid that they can both pass over it? Is what I'm guessing. So or you just I, mean from our viewpoint? You, you just mean from our from viewpoint? Earth's, from Earth's viewpoint? Got it. Sorry. Exactly. I was so we're looking like at no. Yeah, we're on Earth. We're wise. looking at the asteroid. Got and We it. see oh. Mars pass over it, and then we see Venus pass All right. over it. Okay. I'm, so, so, I'm on the page now. My bad. Yes. And so Mars is our masculine energy, and Venus represents our feminine energy, and so we're going through this. And so what does our, it mean that Venus is? Passing over it. it. Venus passing over it has to do with our value systems, but it's all about the same thing of healing this wound, even within our value systems too, and what we've been valuing and like really finding our self identity and like what we truly align with and like getting out kind of like the stuff that's not in alignment with who we truly all are. Right. And all right. Like really stepping into our power and our individuality is what it's all about. And, and, Uranus. <laughs> I know you got that button. We can call it Uranus. <laughs> yes. So that planet is in Aries, and so that's bringing us I'm unexpected. Aries. Yes. You are Aries. So Uranus So it's is bringing you really unexpected kind of like things happening in your life, but they're really like good things in the sa- at the same time, and they have to do with expanding relationships and partnerships and hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. We can call it Uranus. <laughs> yes, we can. You can call it whatever pon- you want to call it. I'll have to ponder it. on that. I don't know of any expansions. But it, it oh. that's that's what the planet represents, but right now it's in your sign, so it's 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 more about ex- unexpected things. It's unexpected. Okay. And it's what? I mean, it's not like immediate or I have what uh there's a window. Yeah. I'm saying here. It's it well, Uranus is in Aries. For maybe like another couple months. Oh, okay. And then eventually it'll move into another sign. But it's been here for a while. Like, I don't know exactly how long. I don't know if there's anything unexpected really happening. 
But that that's just the planet. That, that's just it's, the planet. It's going Uranus to happen for you. Energy. That's its energy. Okay. It, it just All brings right. unexpected things, and so that's kind of. But what about you working on this podcast? I mean, that was kind of unexpected, right? You weren't like expecting. We to were doing a podcast this. before this oh, podcast. You were? Yeah. Yeah. We were doing a ten- we were doing tension and release, which oh. now is a part of it, which is now part of this. And show. I was also a frequent guest on it. Okay. With a previous host. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. He's a. Well. He's a sheep. Oh, though. fuck off. I, you brought me on because I was a skeptic, not asshole. You, you're not a sheep. I'm saying the other host, the other, oh. other co-host is definitely a... All right. You're my homeboy. Oh. <laughs> Why would but you yeah, say so. that, Nick? <laughs> would I you fucking stop with the... <laughs> Buttons. Sounds but just like him. Uh, we're really, we're really buckling down on our uh, on our routines and everything. Right yeah. Now. And so uh, hate we're getting sometimes. we're getting our like stuff. We're basically getting our shit together, and that's Good. that's what it's all about. We're getting our shit together. I, but my- in a couple days, uh, the sun moves into Aquarius. So it's been in Capricorn the whole month. The and then now it's going to be Aquarius. So all those Aquariuses that you know, it's going to be their birthdays. Um, yeah, and and so when that happens, we're totally gonna shift uh, in how we're seeing things. Like right now, we're more like work oriented and serv- service oriented and safety boots. Nope. Yeah. Sorry. That's a uh, oh. uh, cake. That is, that is the cake. I knew that. I don't like that song. That's that song's fucking it. great. Thank, thank you, yourself. Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. That's been an awesome into the mystic. I think definitely, guys, we should play a game. And why not uh, play the best game in the world? <laughs> you know what that game is? Allegedly. Woo! Idiot! Idiom! 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 That's right. Yo, welcome to welcome to Idiot or Idiom. That's right. Well, we play the only idiom game in the world that offers the golden jazz master as a reward. Oh, there it is. We're actually it's coming right now. It's being brought in by the good old. Is coming. Oh wait, this is a new girl here. What's your name? What's your name? Oh, Darlene is your name. Hello. You're holding on to the Golden Jazz Master. It's glistening in the sun. I can see that. It's beautiful. Dude, we've already established it's like 7.30 at night. There's no sun. Oh, but you know what? That, that shows a lot for its glistening. It was, oh, I just, it's, it's all over. So It's got solar panels. It right, retains sunlight. Right yeah. now, Nick, you're the owner of this Golden Jazz Master. And you've won it two times in a row. You had to share it last week with Amber Lucille. I did have to share it because we she tied. Has, she has given it sense she, back. She was she only did borrow- match my idiom prowess. But she she only borrowed the neck, and so she gave it back to you. And <laughs> now it's uh, it's, it's glistening fully, in the sun, so fully in the moonlight. So what is an idiom? An idiom is a commonly used expression whose meaning does not relate to the literal meaning of its words. Mm. Example. Mm. A chip on your shoulder. It means that you're holding a grudge. Doesn't literally mean that you have a chip on your shoulder. Now, a lot of these things they have. I do. They have. <laughs> I do. They have oh, origins what? that they have that that could be hilarious. They could be weird. They could unless be, you're in the trailer park boys when Cyrus shows up, says, 
who wants to get this chip on my shoulder and actually puts a he chip puts on a her chip. shoulder. <laughs> and Randy comes and knocks it the fuck off. I'm not afraid of you, Cyrus. That's right. I'm going to take off my pants and I'm going to beat he the shit. He took sh- that idiom and unidiomed it and made it literal. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Oot. All right, so anyway. here's the game. I'm going to give you guys an idiom. I'm going to tell you what it means. And then I'm going to give you an origin. It could be completely made up. It could be the actual idiom that I looked up, which I looked them up into the, the internet and checked sources. So these are right ones, even if they don't seem right to you. That's how it <laughs> these goes. Are right, even if they're wrong. So let's go ahead and play the game for the Golden Jazz Master. Number one, learn the ropes. Mm, this is learn to, the ropes. This means to learn something new, okay? I get the grasp of learn the basics, maybe? Okay. And, and right? Well, here's the definition. It's a boxing term from the days of when new recruits had to learn how to avoid hits from opponents. A boxing ring is a squared mat surrounded by ropes tethered by four turnbuckles and posts. Is this the answer, Nick? Yes or no? Is this true or false? Mm, I'm a big fan of boxing, so I really want it to be true. I'm going to go true, although I think it might be older than that, but I'll go true. Okay, he's going to say true. I have some doubts. Repeat the idiom. Uh, it's learn the ropes. It means to learn something new. It's a boxing okay. term. It comes from the days of when mm. new recruits had to learn how to avoid to hit opponents bouncing off the ropes. Well, they st- I mean, they still do, but... they Well, that's when they had to learn. You know, that's right. initially... Every new go. boxer has to learn the ropes. They had right? to learn the ropes. Hmm. True yeah, or false? I'm say true. All right. And uh, let's go ahead and check with the, with the judges. You guys ah, are both... Yeah. You guys are both wrong have, on that one. Doubts. You did a doubts. good job deceiving us. Uh, this is actually a nautical term. It comes from no. the days of sailing ships when new recruits had to learn oh, how to tie man. knots and which uh, with Speaking rope hauled the- up which sail. Now, what did which- I say when I answered? I love boxing, but I think this is wrong, but I'm going with it. All right, y'all. Let's go I'm with number saying. two here. I got to cover my butt. Let's go with number two for the Golden Jazz Master here. Let bygones be bygones. This is a weird one. I've heard this my whole life. <laughs> let it, bygones go by. Or yeah. Was it Ricky fucks this one up somehow? Let, yeah. <laughs> let just bygones let bygones go, go by. by, right? You let gones go by. Uh, so this means to allow the unpleasant things that have happened in the past to be forgotten. Here's the definition. The past Here's the, the past. origin, okay? In the 15th century, a bygone was simply a thing that has gone by. That is a thing of the past. Shakespeare used it with that meaning... Uh, use that meaning in the Winter's Tale in nineteen six uh, in sixteen ninety. <laughs> excuse me, sixteen eleven. And it quotes: "This satisfaction, the bygone proclaimed, said this to him." Is this a true statement, Sarah? I would say true. Okay, I'm going. I'm going true because Shakespeare. It came up with a lot. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's common vernacular now that was because of Shakespeare. because of Shakespeare so let's go ahead and take a look names even let's go ahead and see if you guys are right all right you guys got one going that is one point for the both of you that is absolutely correct I did not change a thing on that one mm. we're gonna get a little bit tougher because I got some really good ones this week here Holy so we're gonna we're playing for the golden jazz master number three bad hair day a day on which one hair, one's hair seems unmanageable, of course, right? Also extended to mean a day when everything seems to go wrong. wrong. That's right. Here's the origin. This first came to prominence in the language following 
uh, in its use in the 1990s. <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> You're just laughing at me. Like, <laughs> I think totally it's like, this one's up. funny. Okay. This first came into prominence in the language following its use in the 1992 film Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Now I'm going to read you a little bit from the... the <laughs> Buffy to the one-armed vampire Amelin, played by Paul Rubens. Ha! I'm fine, but you're obviously having a bad hair day. Oh, wait, well, I, was, I was actually talking in Pee Wee Herman's voice. But is this... True or false, Nick? Bullshit. There is no way that that was the start of this phrase. I'm going to say false. No fucking way. Sorry, boys. You guys are absolutely wrong. This is actually made. This is where it comes from. Bullshit. This is where it comes from. It doesn't seem like you're making that up. In in American idioms, (laughs) if you look this one up, this comes up. I was, I dude, that's why I put this one down because I knew you guys would think this is bullshit. But this is where it comes from. I did not make this up. Fucking Pee Wee Herman on Buffy the Vampire Slayer was the first person to say it wasn't, bad hair. It wasn't. Day. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Paul Rubens, but Buffy was saying this to the one-armed vampire. I don't know if any of you guys watched Buffy. I sure as hell did it. Uh, I watched. It I saw the movie like that the show was based. I think they're talking about the movie. All right, let's go ahead and no move on. Way. No We're, fucking way. No fucking way. Well, I checked my. Sources. They said it in the movie because it was already a saying. Sounds like you're having a bad hair It's an American idiom. Ooh. <laughs> All right, let's play for the Golden Jazz Master number four. Coining a phrase. It means to create a new phrase. All right. Coined and minted. Coining in the sense of creating derives from the coining of money by stamping metal with a die. This use is derived from a earlier 14th century meaning of coin, which meant wedge. The wedge-shaped dies were used to stamp the blanks, which were called coins, and the metal blanks and the subsequent coin money took their name from them. Sarah, is this true or false? I'm going to say true. It's a good, good choice. Yeah, I think true. I'll go with that. Great choice, you guys. Let's go ahead and check the judges. Judges, you guys got that one right. Number two for the both. You guys are actually head-to-head right now. We so, got to stop answering exactly the same. We're yeah, going to have to eventually. Let's go to our final one. We're playing for the Golden Jazz Master number five. And it's something we've all heard before. Five o'clock shadow. Mm. It's a beard regrowth that darkens a man's features late in the day, following a morning shave. Mm. In the in the uh, in the nineteen eighties, designer stubble became fashionable, based largely on the popularity and coolness of stars like uh, George Michael, Don Johnson, and before them Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's "Man with No Name" character. Uh, this was quite an achievement, as prior to them, a swarthy and unshaven appearance was considered to be resi- uh, reserved for ruffians and never to do wells there. Uh, respectable men were expected. Re- that's cool. I didn't know I wrote that. Respectable men were expected to be either clean shaven or to have a full mustache or beard. If a man planned to grow a beard, he usually waited until he's away on holiday. And then he was not seen for in public for a few days until the five o'clock shadow then was it was universally called it that that phrase was passed so nick what do you think about this one true or false um, i'm gonna say true but i'm also gonna say that's not an idiom five o'clock shadow is an idiom no yeah, the five got, o'clock shadow just means stubble false. growth which is like you don't use that to explain something else like an idiom is a phrase that you use I'm in occurrences i'm saying it's true but that's not that's not an idiom a five o'clock shadow doesn't mean anything other than stubble 
I don't think that's it. I don't think that falls. But under if you idiom. were to say that in like no, you know, like you were saying that thing about Archer. If you were to say that in like England or I mean, I guess any other place, it's an it's an American. It started. I think it started in America. That's why I looked these ones up. Sure, right. But I just mean like, kick the bucket started as one thing and now means something completely different. Five o'clock shadow will never be taken out of its literal meaning. Therefore, it's not an idiom. Or I could have just used the literal meaning because I know that that fucks with you sometimes. When do you ever use five o'clock shadow to mean anything other than stubble? Five o'clock shadow could mean something else. I don't know. I thought what? that I'd fucking what? fuck with you by giving me you what? the actual literal me meaning. What? Five o'clock other shadow. Other than stubble. Uh, like, uh, other the, than stubble. The shadow, like uh, your, your shadow is long, so that means you're, it probably nope. is a later in the day. At five o'clock, you're that's when the Bullshit. sun is got a five o'clock shadow. Bullshit. I don't want to give you the right answer and shit and mm-hmm. make sure that you're wrong It's not an idiot. I'm... It, it, I'll say that it's true. That's where. That's why we call it a five o'clock shadow. But it's not idiom. I fucking hate you. You're absolutely fucking right. <laughs> it's not a fucking idiom. Well, I was. I don't know where my pen went, but <laughs> I lost it in this exchange. I threw it at him. All right. Well, you son of a bitch. You got three because you had to say false. You got two. You lost you the golden jazz master. That's okay. And yet you retain the goddamn jazz master again. Another day. You are one cool. You want us to play one more? I got one more one here. Just sure. as a tiebreaker. Maybe this might redeem it. Maybe it might. We'll, how about I, we, I say we discount that one because I don't okay. think it's an idiom. Okay. I think I like that idea. Let's play for the Golden Jazz Master. Number five. Sold down the river. You've been betrayed or cheated. All right. This phrase originated in the Mississippi region of the USA during the slave trading days. Slaves who caused trouble were sold from the northern slave states into the much harsher conditions on plantations in the lower Mississippi. Sarah, is this true or false? True. Well, I'll go false for the sake of it. Let's go check the judges. One of you guys are right. One of of course guys, one is right and one, one of you is guys wrong. are wrong. We differently. <laughs> Odd how that works. Weird. We're both right somehow. <laughs> Sold down the river, the phrase that I had said is absolutely correct, and that is the way it is. That means, Sarah, you have won the Golden Jazz Master. Holy shit, you won the Golden Jazz Master. You took it away from this bastard face over here. However, technically, the game was over a long time ago. So, in <laughs> you guys can share it again. Uh, oh well, you can share it this time. You're gonna give her half of it. That's so, fine. go ahead and here, take it, grab it. All right, and then uh, go ahead and break it in half and give her half. All right, good. <laughs> All right, so you have the neck and you got the body. Bring it back next time we play this game, and then we'll, right. hopefully you can win the whole thing this time. That was idiot or idiom, you guys. That was a great fucking game right there. Idiot, idiom, idiot, idiom. Let's go to the news. News with Nick and Lois, that's right. We coming at you, coming with the light. We got the news, we've got the news. We've got the news, we've got the news, yeah. We've got the news with Nick and Lois. And Sarah. That's right. First, I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. This is a little bit of grievances. I'm going to not with you guys, but out there in the world. Now I just you got a couple. You're cool. You're you're definitely cool with me, bro. I'm just going to say something real quick, man. You know, I drive, and there are left turn signals in the world, 
and there are green signals. And when you want to, when you're there in front, you want to pull up halfway through, and you want to wait for your turn to turn. You don't want to have to like sit there at the line, and then when you when it's time to go, then you start going all the way. I'm having some problems with people sitting there behind the line while it's a green left mm. lane, and there's people coming by. They're going fat. There's no way they're going to turn, but. The, the right thing to do here is scoot your, you scoot your goddamn just, car up. Just inch out there. Because when it hits yellow, these people are going to slow down. You're going to get through. And guess what? I'm going to get a chance to get through. Instead, I'm stuck there fucking going, motherfucking pussy. <laughs> I've got some problems with you people. And now you're going to hear about it. I got this Trump post I put on my fucking Facebook. And it was him where he makes fun of people. Uh, he made fun of this handicapped person by putting his arms out like this. And he talked about him. And the Democrats and the liberals are really all up in arms and blah, blah, blah. I fucking killed this motherfucker. And I'm not here to defend Trump. But I found a, I found a video of him imitating just people in general. When he talks about anybody, he makes the same little... Yeah, I've seen him do that just, tons of times, I'm no matter Trump. what. Well... The time that it really mattered is when he when he was imitating. Well, he wasn't imitating. He was just talking about a reporter that was handicapped, mm. and he did happen to do that. And everyone was like, oh, "He's a bad motherfucker." All right, real quick, because, because I know this isn't your necessary grievance. But just before you get to uh, one, I mean, he was talking about a handicapped person and did make the gesture. So he wasn't saying he's handicapped and look like this. He was saying, "I forgot what I wrote." What, be still. And then anytime he needs to mock anybody, he acts like a fucking disabled handicapped person. So I think I that's, mean, I think that's uh, fuck him. Fuck him for that. Like his go to on making fun think, of you I, is I to act handicapped. Like, I don't think when you does this, this back and forth thing with his hands. It, no, it, it absolutely is. No, it's this is what he does. This is how he talks. It's how because yeah, sometimes it's. He's not ever bending his. Yeah. He's never oh, bending his wrist like that's that. That's why. That's the picture they always show is him bending his wrist. Photoshop. Bullshit. Anyway, Anyways, get on with your what point. I'm trying to say here is I posted a video of him showing that in many different forms and not just making fun of a handicapped person. And I get a bunch of my buddies going, hitting me up, trying to say, oh, you're defending Trump. And then they start going, I want to kill that. They're like, oh, I hope he gets assassinated. I hope he gets killed. And I'm like, are you guys fucking human? Like, this is still a fellow human. Why would you wish anyone to be dead like that? And they're like, we just sometimes people want to watch the world burn. You know, like some people God deserve it. God damn it, Batman fucking gave us that quote to use way, way too openly. Like he goes, so, you know, some people deserve to die. And I go, okay, what merits a death sentence? Okay, is he, is he racist? He might be. Who knows? But I don't think he's that racist. I think that's just mainstream media twisting things. He's a misogynist asshole. Well... Definitely not wrong about that. But do any of these merit a death sentence that you'd be like, I want this motherfucker dead? You haven't even let him give, you haven't even given him a goddamn chance. You are in America, for Christ's sake. That means he's your president, too. Get the fuck used to it. Those are my grievances right now. But we are going to talk about the news. I, I do have a lot of problems with you people. That's Wait, just some Sarah of Sarah has something to say about there this. There are She's some trying. interesting things about Donald Trump's uh, astrology chart that I would maybe eventually like to bring up. On we the show. should. That'd be awesome. Maybe not this time. Well, uh, I'll write that down in the Trump something. chart. It's very interesting. That would be sweet. Uh, we'll get to that in a, in a later show. We also want to do where you uh, where we get a birth chart from one of us, and we get yes. the Souljaneering girls in here to mm-hmm. read our chart on uh, with us. I go with that. Sure. Yeah. Get a little deeper into detail of what what issue. I'll have to your talk plan, to Mama and find out the exact time I was born. But we can do this. Yeah. Just look at your birth certificate. 
You can find it there. Yeah. So let's get to the I think news. I might have that somewhere. Okay. So I, I'm sorry. I just had to air out some. Do you guys have any grievances? I'm sorry. I want. Um. You know. I mean, there's some things that kind of piss me off a little bit. Uh, Tell me more. Some some driving issues I have since you brought that up. Uh. First off, I don't understand what it is about Austin, Texas that makes turn signals so fucking confusing. Like, people dart in and out of lanes or turn corners and don't ever use them, but I'll see people on the fucking interstate with a signal on for 10 miles and don't even notice. Like, the only time a signal is ever on, they're not even fucking using it. They just don't notice. Like, it was probably on from when the vehicle was pulled out of the manufacturing fucking plane. It's been on the whole goddamn time. What the fuck? And this has been backed up by my wife. An, uh, a fellow office worker who was born and raised here in Austin, got her license in Austin, says, I never use my turn signal because that's just telling the enemies what I'm going to do. That is That hilarious. is a goddamn mentality of Austin natives. What? Right? Fuck that. Like, there's the worst drivers I have ever. I lived in L.A. for five fucking years. And I was every, there for two years. Right. Every, traffic is fucking atrocious. That's right. And it's not but the, the thing is, at least the traffic there, like, moves. Sometimes it's not as I have turned my vehicle off on the highway oh, wow. in L.A. I've before. literally really? shit my pants yes. on the 405. Well, it's called the 405 because at best you're moving four or five miles four an hour. Four uh, Dude, I've lived there my whole life. I've never heard that before. That's hilarious. But the worst drivers I've ever goddamn been around is fucking Austin. It's insane. It's man, terrible. Uh, drivers just I don't suck, know. Man. New Jersey or... Well, I guess... Drivers. I See, I haven't been there. I haven't New been there, Jersey's so I don't know. But, like, they will no cut offense. you off without even looking over to see if there's room for them to fit in the lane they're just gonna jump over and expect you to fucking sort it out but if you get anywhere close to them they're gonna honk and flip you off and make sure that you know you're an asshole that's too much fucking you know what we are we are running there's my grievance we are running so out of time here Um, we got plenty of news no we don't have we're gonna have to skip the news for now man um, I did. Wa- I just had a vape pen explodes, and I did want to just say that there are genderless nipples on that are confusing Instagram right now, which is awesome. I know you wanted to bring up the peepee video. Which well, is awesome. Not, not yeah. I want to talk about that, and also Finland. Oh, uh, what are they doing in Finland? Finland. I just okay. So go fin- for it. Why not? Let's do this. Finland. Now this could be interesting. Could be. It just happened, so it's still too early to tell. But Finland launched a world's first universal basic income. Oh, that's right. <gasps> I heard about this. Right. Just that's this awesome. January, so this month, the country decided to experiment with a universal basic income program that promises 2,000 of its citizens a guaranteed income. That's nice. So, uh, it sounds like a radical, fantastical dream world. But the Scandinavian country lost an experimental launched, sorry, an experimental universal basic income initiative. This project, we have two thousand citizens. Uh, I don't know what they call their their money there, uh, but it's the equivalent of five hundred and eighty-seven U.S. dollars a month, regardless of income, wealth, or employment status. Okay. This, uh, it doesn't th- matter what they make. No, this initial I really program, like that idea. This program will run for a period of two years. The participants were randomly selected. They had to be receiving unemployment benefits or an income subsidy. The money they are paid will not be taxed. Hmm. Uh, so this is an experiment and might extend if it's successful. 
So it, it might sound crazy, but it doesn't appear to be. It might end up actually saving the country money. Well, you know, really it, you're like always going to get this kind of these kind of people where you're going to give them money or you're going to try this experiment of 2,000 people and you're going to get a small percentage of these people that do something really good with that money. Right. And that's when then they start building up more and more and more. And then you get the one, they're, they're literally the 1%. And that's how... That's how our con. That's how the economy got to where it's at now because it all started like this in the beginning. Now you're basically trying to start people from the beginning and giving them all the Maybe. same kind of monies. And See. some people are going to be able to handle their monies easier than the other. And when the people are out of money on one side, they're like, "Well, you got paid the same amount that we did." And it's going well, to turn like into our that welfare, eventually. Our welfare program here. It's like if you're on welfare, but it's like, "Oh, you're a fucking complete waste of space, mooching off the system," which is not at all true because a very small small percentage of people that are on welfare or food stamps or need assistance are mooching off of it and like having more kids simply to get more money. Like a lot of people need it for a bit and get over it and move on. Like it is actually assisting and helping people, but we only hear about, Oh, they're just fucking mooching off the government. I'm paying for them. Yeah. Like, well, that's a very, very small percentage, but it's a small percentage that mooch off it. Sorry. Yeah. Something interesting is that, you know, astrologically speaking, is that Pluto's in Capricorn, which is about transforming things. So we're going to see a lot of transformation with economic systems and more of that, more of that kind of stuff. Right. And actually, there's something in, in Austin called Open Currents, if you haven't heard about it. But uh, it's pretty much brand new. That is Open Currents. And open it's this currents? new idea of like this currency where you basically like volunteer your time and hours and you earn currency by volunteering for these social. You mean working but you volunteer and you, you earn currency. you earn this you earn this currency and then you can spend that currency though it, it's a different kind of currency it, it's interesting it's you have to work for these like I uh, get that idea but you're just social causes but working for causes but you're still just working for money i mean right but these people are going to have to go through this program because they wouldn't be able to go through like a legitimate like there aren't a lot of businesses that would hire them. So they're having to find somebody that will give them a chance, you know, like you've got to realize the avenues available to them. Mm-hmm. Not okay. everybody can just go and get a job at, uh, well, I don't know what's, what's the most, the a building developer here in town or a construction company here in town, you know, like the construction company in Austin, right? <laughs> Whatever it's the, called. The construction company. Um, so anyway, I was bottom line on that. Finland, like, I, I, I th- it will be interesting to see how it goes. Apparently, their welfare system was so expensive that doing this could actually save them money. If, okay. Instead of giving people whatever. It's worth a shot, man. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this how this turns out. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, be hearing also, about this. Also, interesting soon. note, just December of 2016, so just last month, Finland announced that the country will be the first on earth to get rid of subjects in school. Okay, this just a general thing? I just found out, so I will research more on that. Maybe that'll be news next week, but no nice. more subjects in school. That sounds fucking interesting. Well, awesome, dude. Oh, wow. I was going to say something about genderless nipples are confusing Instagram right now, which is Genderless awesome. nipples. So just a picture of a nipple and you don't know... You don't know because uh, and is that then like women's nipples are not allowed on Instagram, right, but right, men's right. nipples are okay. But if you just do a picture of a nipple, you cannot tell if it's a man so or a woman. Who knows? So it's fucking with them, and they don't know what to do about it. <laughs> I think that's amazing. I am fully behind this idea. Well, that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been another episode of Emergency Exit. Why not check out our Facebook page? 
Give us a like if you're listening this long. Uh, go and tweet us at emexpod. Yeah, we're also on Tumblr and a lot of different other things. Just search us on our Facebook. It'll lead you all to that other stuff. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Brad Stivers, for coming in. Check out bradstivers.com to listen to any of his music. We had a lot more to talk about with him, but for some reason, we had some technical difficulty. But he will be back on the show real soon. So, in the meantime... We got uh, you got anything to plug? Can we do plugs real quick? Yes, please. Plugs. Go ahead. You got a plug? Uh, I'm playing tomorrow night in Fort Worth, Dublin Square. Tomorrow night is what night? That's uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night. night. Sorry, Wednesday night uh, in Fort Worth, Dublin Square. Thursday night, I'll be back here in Austin at uh, Adelbert's Brewery. Okay. Friday, I'll be in Corpus Christi at the Pelican Lounge. And then Saturday, San Antonio at Big Texas Ice House. Check out Nick, the passion writer, doing wow. his thing. He is a professional musician, so he's out there doing his so thing. So if anybody's Very around cool. those areas, come say hi, bring up the podcast, and I will buy you a shot. I think he, officially. Still, I think he still has stickers, too. So he, I might, do have he might give you one of I'll those. I'll give you a sticker and buy you a shot if you come and bring up the podcast. And we'll talk about you on the show. Sarah, do you uh, have fuck anything? Yeah, we will. Do you have anything to plug, girl? Um, uh, check out your workshop. I'm, I'm having, yeah, I'm just having a, a workshop on uh, January 25th. I believe that's the date. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a hypnosis workshop. It's get a hypnosis your, workshop. Get your 2017 jump started. Yeah, it's all it's all about starting your new year, getting your getting your your goals, and uh, getting out of procrastination, achieving your goals, and you do all this cool stuff like this imagery with money and examining your subconscious relationship with money and valuing yourself and increasing your your worth and all this stuff. It's really cool. You know, I wanted to procrastinate once, but I never got around to it. <laughs> You know, I want to lift <laughs> weights, but the problem is, is when every time I I wait, I li- every time I want to lift, I wait. I, okay, I fucked it up. Um, All right. Uh, I was going to say, like, I wanted to lift weights, but then you have to put them back. All right. Oh, All right. So for Nick, for Sarah, <laughs> I'm Los. Thank you. And that's right. That's right. Thank you.